thank you, Pastor P, for your love and your guidance and your support and for the opportunity to speak to your flock. I am grateful. If you would um, open your Bibles, if you have them, or if you use your phone, if you would open up to John chapter 11, verse 25, and if you would stand for me as we honor and read God's holy word. John chapter 11, verse 25, we hear Jesus answering a, a grieving Martha as her brother Lazarus has died. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Martha, will you pray with me? Father God, would you quiet us this morning as we come and see what you have done? God, would you help us to hear that question to Martha as a spoken question directly to our hearts? Would you sit with us as we wrestle? about what we believe. Holy Spirit, would you open the scripture so that, we may be, so that we may see with unveiled eyes exactly what our God has done for us. And it's in the name of our Savior and our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. I invite you to join me this morning on a journey of belief. As I prepared for you this morning, I kept hearing the words of someone who has guarded my heart very well on my spiritual journey. And he often asked me, what is it you believe? What can you not be talked out of? I believe that God has called us. I believe that God questions us. I believe that God covers us. And I believe that God reveals his plan to us. So I ask that of you this morning. What is it you believe? What can you not be talked out of? You see, pay close attention to the words that Jesus spoke to Martha here. You know, Jesus did not say, I give you resurrection and life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And then hear him speak these words. Do you believe this? Can you not be talked out? of Jesus? Can you not be talked out of his word, his resurrection, his ascension, his return? You see, the more we know this I am, and what a beautiful thing to give Martha in that moment, because you see, that would have meant something to her. 
because when God identified himself to Moses and Moses said, you know, what, who am I supposed to tell these people that you are? He said, I am. So Jesus was very clearly stating his divinity to his precious Martha in that moment. So those words, I am, meant something deep to her heart. And the more we know this I am, the more we realize his power over life and death and his power to forgive sins, we find ourselves wholeheartedly committing to him. So let's go on a journey of belief. Let God speak to you this morning. See him call you. Feel him question you. Feel him cover you and listen as he reveals his plan to you. Hear the creator of life draw you in this morning as you wrestle. Wrestle with what you believe. Wrestle with what you cannot be talked out of. Hear the creator beckon you to adhere to, to trust in, to rely on the savior who said, I am. And so you're going to have to travel with me to the beginning because I love a God who takes me to the beginning and shows me his faithfulness in the beginning. Because you see, in the beginning, from the beginning, the God who created the universe reveals himself and his plan of redemption to his children. In the beginning, we find God's heart and his relentless pursuit to open the eyes of humanity to his plan and to his promise of restoration. So come. Come and see what God has done and join me in the garden. Would you please turn to Genesis chapter three? I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it or you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom that it gave her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now, in the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. 
So they hid from God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked, asked the Lord. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And the man replied, it was the woman who gave me the fruit and I ate it. And then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. And all your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made, for you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all that live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What, what if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. I believe the word of God is the most precious thing I own. I can scarcely catch my breath sometimes when I think about God caring about me enough to make absolutely sure I know exactly who he is. I know exactly what his heart is for me, and I know exactly what his commands are to guide my life. And when I read about the garden, I can see it. I can feel it. I, I can smell it. And there is this unquenchable longing in my heart for it. You see, Adam and Eve enjoyed intimate fellowship with their creator. See, God gave them a place in his creation and a purpose in his creation. I mean, that is glorious. That is glorious. And God, as creator, gave boundaries and the choice to choose him. Verse 1 tells us that the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did, did God really say? You see, the serpent, serpent comes in and speaks to Eve about her God. 
her, her creator, her, her beloved. And just an interesting side note here, the word did God, the word God in Hebrew is the word Elohim. And they would have used that word meaning gods in the ordinary sense. So here we see the serpent refer to the father without using his holy name. Did God, you know, in the ordinary sense, really say? You see, forgetting however briefly his holiness plunges us into doubt. It causes us to question what we believe. See the father teaching you here to recognize and refuse to believe the methods of the enemy, the confusion, the doubt, the neglect around God's holy name and his spoken word. Hear him call you to believe that we serve no ordinary God. Hear him call you to believe that we are the beloved of the most holy God who speaks intentionally over each of us. See his holiness and listen to his spoken word. Of course, Eve says we may eat from the trees in the garden. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or or even touch it, or, or, you will, or you will die, Eve engages. And once drawn into the discussion with the liar, once the seeds of doubt planted, his holiness forgotten, and, and perhaps maybe Eve's incomplete understanding here of the word, And the temptation to forget the consequences and and believe that subtle lie that it's just God knows that. And Eve is plunged into this drowning sea of doubt, easily talked out of what she believes. Doubting the Father's goodness and and questioning God's word as, as absolute truth. You know, don't miss here the truth and the temptation. Right? Because your eyes will be opened. It's true. You will see. There will be a greater awareness. It's true. But God placed the boundaries for our protection. And Satan wants to convince you that the boundaries keep you from your greatest desires. So what do you believe? What do you believe? What can you not be talked out of? You see, from the beginning, God is teaching us that we must be firm and unwavering. We we must not engage the lies that come against our belief in his goodness. And so we find in verse six that the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took and she ate. You see, Eve was talked out of what she believed. She was convinced. 
with the promise to see and with eyes not seeing his holiness, his goodness, and his ordered word, she saw a tree, good for food, beautiful to look at. She saw wisdom and insight within her reach. So she took it and she ate it. Verse seven tells us that, that at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Their eyes were opened and yet the light that had covered them was gone. And so they tried to cover themselves. Sin will do that to us. Verse eight says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. As I think about Adam and Eve covering themselves, I wonder if they were frantic. I wonder if they were frantic as they tried to cover themselves. I wonder if, if panic came like a roaring train. Does it happen to you? Panic comes in like a roaring train down upon them. And then I wonder if they immediately remembered their father. If they remembered his words. If they remembered his goodness. If they remembered his holiness. And then as they remembered his words. If they remembered the consequences. And so we find them here waiting. It was all they could do, right? All they could do was wait and hide from the creator's presence. But hear me here. Hear me. I love that they were so certain that he would come. They knew that they had messed up, right? They're hiding. They know. They know. They, they knew they had messed up. I think, I think they knew that they were feeling things that they were never meant to feel. And I wonder in that moment if they knew that they were never meant to know. And in the midst of all that, <laughs> they didn't seem to ever question or ever wonder if he would still come. And then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And God, creator, now an anguished father, says, where are you? God knows. He knows what's happened. He knows where they're hiding. <laughs> he knows that a huge gulf now stands between him and his creation. He knows it's a gulf that he himself will have to bridge. 
God knows Adam is lost. God knows that Adam must confess his rebellion. God seeks after the lost. And God calls you with a question. And God's chosen question demands an answer. But don't miss that he came. He came in patience. He came in care. And he came personally with the truth. And Adam replies, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. I hold on to this truth almost every minute of my life, how God wanted to protect us from fear. And if you struggle with fear, hear the heart of your father, God. Sin causes us to be afraid of God's presence and God's voice. But God created us to bear his image. So see, we want to be in his presence and we want to hear his voice, even if you don't realize that. Where are you? Calls your God. Do you believe that he calls? Who told you you were naked? Picking up in verse 11, the Lord God asked, have you eaten from the trees fruit I commanded you not to eat? Adam replies, we then in verse 13, we see the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And she replies, you see, God addresses Adam's sin, questions his children. Do you believe he questions you? Do you believe he cares that deeply about you to call you and to question you? God. Don't miss it. Verse 14, it says the Lord God said to the serpent, you see, he does not question the liar. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman. You see, sin is mean. It is despicable, but it is doomed to cringe and crawl. And always no defeat. He will strike your head. And you will strike his heel. Do you see the promise of hope? Do you see the promise that God is speaking to fix this tragedy himself? Do you see that he seems almost, almost unable to wait to announce his plan of salvation? To bring deliverance through the seed of a woman, the Messiah, who would crush Satan with a mortal wound, his plan to redeem man. Do you believe that God reveals? The consequences of sin are real. As God gives them to Adam and Eve, the pain, 
the desires that work against God's ordained order, the idolatry of choosing anything over God will hurt. The thorns and the thistles will hurt. The thorns and the thistles out of what used to only produce good. Because now we know weariness and joy. Because now we know pain. And now we know conflict. And now we know sweat. And now we know sorrow. And now we know death. But do you see your Savior and your Lord Jesus bearing this curse for you and for me? Do you see him putting on that crown of thorns? Do you see him bearing this tremendous pain? Do you see him enduring this great conflict? Do you see him sweating drops of blood? Do you see the man of sorrows who took and ate the fruit of death so that you may be saved? Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who would live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Do you believe that you are never beyond the love of your father? Because Adam and Eve were clothed by the Lord with a garment that was purchased with the life of another. Do you believe he covers you? Because see, a holy God says sin requires atonement. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Hebrews tells us in chapter 9, verse 22, that in fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. In order for Adam and Eve to be covered, a sacrifice had to be made. As God covered them, I wonder... I wonder if Adam and Eve held on to that in those nights to follow. I wonder if when they closed their eyes full of all the things they were never meant to know, I wonder if that covering, if that promise of hope is something that they clung to. I wonder if they began to believe then that God was going to fix this. That he would send someone. That he would send a savior. You remember John telling you that the word became flesh? And the word becomes flesh. God enters his story and he takes the lead role. Do you believe that? And the Messiah, the Christ, 
clothes us with a garment of righteousness purchased with the life of himself. Do you believe that? Then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out and take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. And after sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Not as punishment, as protection. Do you see that? Because you see, to remain in the garden now, in our sinful state, to remain there then, if we, if we took the fruit in our sinful state, then we are eternally separated from our Father. So in an overwhelming expression of his love, he wouldn't let us stay there. We couldn't stay in that place of, of eternal sinfulness. And so God himself blocked the entrance to the tree. <laughs> you see that? And then Jesus hung on the tree. You see, our God calls us. He questions us. He covers us. And he reveals his plan to us. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? What do you believe? What can you not be talked out of? You see, my prayer for you is that you wrestle with belief and you come to the unshakable truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My prayer for you is that you cannot be talked out of belief in Jesus. Belief in his word. Belief in his resurrection. Belief in his ascension. Belief in his return. You get the whole story. And I believe with that enormous privilege, 
comes great responsibility. How blessed are we to live in a time where we have the whole story. We find ourselves waiting, waiting with the promise, waiting with the truth, waiting with unshakable conviction that what my God has done and has yet to do will be finished. In Revelation, Jesus speaks these words. He says, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God, the garden restored. You long for it intentionally. There's a reason you long for that. As we wait for the promise of his return. Jesus says, look, I am coming soon. And blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. He tells you again, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Yes, Jesus says, I am coming soon. <laughs>